Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we'll update you on the new dean and vice dean of the College of Cardinals. Then, we'll talk about Pope Francis's meetings with Mike Pence and Iraqi President Farham Sully. Finally, we'll take a look at Pope Francis's new secretary, a young priest from Uruguay who works with street children in his home country. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New York, Jerry. Good afternoon from a cloudy and rainy Rome, Colleen. Ah, the sun will be back soon. Uh, Jerry, let's start with two really quick updates uh, from last week's show. Uh, first off, last week we explained that the College of Cardinals would have a new dean soon, and this week we have an update on that story. Cardinal Giovanni Battista Ray has been elected the dean of the College of Cardinals. So, Jerry, real quick, um, who is Cardinal Ray? Well, he's a Vatican insider if there is one. He's been spent much of his life, the greater part of his uh, ecclesiastical life, in the Vatican. He was chief of staff uh, under John Paul II. He was prefect of the Congregation for Bishops. He was, before his election, the vice dean of the College of Cardinals. So, what the cardinals did, the ten cardinal bishops who voted, they followed tradition. They voted the man who was uh, the vice dean, although he's 85 and so will not be able to participate in the in a conclave if there's a conclave in, in at any time in the future. Right. So the person who would preside over a conclave, if we have one, at least until he turns 80, is uh, 76-year-old Argentinian Cardinal Leandro Sandri, who is the new vice dean. And he, too, is a Vatican insider. He he was a, a member of the Vatican's diplomatic corps. He served as nuncio in Venezuela and then in Mexico. He was then became chief of staff, the sustituto, as they call it. Very powerful position. And now he's prefect of the Congregation for Oriental Churches. One thing interesting about him is he was for a, a short while in seminary with Pope Francis. Because they're both Argentinian, right? Yeah, they were in the seminary, but then Pope Francis moved on to join the Jesuits, and so he was no, they were no longer together. When it was put to him the other day that uh, he could be prefect, uh, the in charge of the next conclave, uh, he said, long live Pope Francis. He, he hopes that won't happen. And so he, he, he would be in charge of the next conclave up to November 2023. We should mention uh, that in the Italian press, there was a new report that was possibly linking Sandri to um, new revelations about past abuse in the Legionaries of Christ and linking him to possibly covering that up. Well, Sandri was very close to Cardinal Angelo Sodano. Who was the former dean. Who was the former dean and who was Secretary of State for many years. So he was Secretary of State and uh, Sandri, Cardinal Sandri was, that time Archbishop, was the Chief of Staff, the Sostituto, at a time when a lot of denunciations were coming in from Mexico over Maciel. It's very interesting uh, with Cardinal Angelo Sodana, no longer dean, the next one who has spent almost as long in the inside the Vatican was Cardinal Ray, and now Cardinal 
Sandri as his number, as the vice dean. We've got people who are Vatican insiders in the real sense of the word. They have been there for years. They know the people. They know everything about it. They, you know, they know where the bodies lie. They know where what has happened. They have a long memory, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see how all this pans out. If our listeners want to learn more about the role of the Dean of College of Cardinals, uh, you can listen to last week's show, which I will, of course, link in the show notes. For our next update, Pope Francis also met with U.S. Vice President Mike Pence, as expected on Friday. Uh, We talked about this briefly last week, Jerry, and you mentioned that this would probably just be a courtesy visit, but it ended up being a little bit more than that. Can you explain why? Well, it lasted uh, almost uh, 59 minutes, to be exact, which is longer than President Obama or indeed President Trump, I think, was there for about a half an hour. So it's much longer than either of the last two presidents when they visited the Pope uh, had with the Pope. It was a private conversation. There was an interpreter on both sides. And uh, we now know from comments made by not just by the Vatican, but by Vice President Pence afterwards, that they discussed a lot of things. They discussed the question of the right to life. They discussed Iraq. They discussed the the persecution of Christians, probably the situation in the Middle East. I'm very curious to know if uh, Vice President Pence told uh, the Pope about the plan that President Trump is going to reveal today. Because certainly from what we know, it's not exactly what the Vatican would have liked. Right. Uh, Donald Trump is supposed to release his plan for how the U.S. is going to proceed in the Middle East um, today on Tuesday, January 28th. You can read Jerry's report on Mike Pence's meeting with Pope Francis at americamagazine.org, and I will also link to that in the show notes. Francis also met with Iraqi President Bahram Saleh on Saturday, the day after he met Mike Pence, and this visit comes amid growing tensions between the U.S. and Iran that have led to Iraq's parliament asking for the removal of American troops from the country. So, Jerry, um, what do we know about what President Saleh and Pope Francis talked about? Well, it's very clear that they would have talked about the whole situation, not just in Iraq, where, uh, as we know, and as I saw yesterday from an interview with uh, the patriarch in Baghdad, Cardinal Sacco, that the situation is really dramatic. Uh, A lot of people are being killed still. There's a lot of tension. There's tensions between those who are more in favor of being supported by Iran, those who are not. The, the, The situation is very difficult. Cardinal Sacco recalled that before the invasion of Iraq in 2003 by the United States, Uh, We had 1.8 million Christians in Iraq, of whom 75% were Catholic. He said today we have about 400,000, maybe less. He said it's very difficult for them. He said it's also very difficult because there's tensions within the country, within the community, and uh, the question of the sovereignty of the country. Uh, And that was an issue that was touched when the Pope spoke with the president, the question of sovereignty. Is this country being so interfered with by outside forces, Iran, others, the Western powers, that it, it really 
is difficult to run the country and what's the future many young people are now coming out in the, in the square in, in in baghdad and in other cities young people and saying you know we want an end to this kind of division we want an end to all the people outside interfering in our country right uh, but despite all this pope francis isn't backing down from his desire to visit iraq right pope francis is determined at the first possible moment to go. But it, it, it's a difficult situation right now because uh, they have to guarantee a minimum of security. The president is very keen to have him. The, the Christians in Iraq are very keen to have him. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that short of a really violent development in, in, in this country, he, he will probably go this year. Uh, after his meeting with the Pope, President Sully also met with the Holy See's Secretary of State. Um, he met with the Secretary of State, Cardinal Perelin, and the Secretary for Relations with States, uh, Bishop Paul Gallagher. Um, this was interesting to me. It got me thinking about this analysis that I had read that suggested that the Vatican might be a good choice to mediate between the U.S. and Iran and Iraq um, because the Holy See has good relations with all three. I'm wondering what you think. You know, are, are these meetings between the Iraqi president and the Secretary of State a sign that the Vatican might be working on some kind of mediation deal? Well, let's get it clear. First of all, it is normal praxis that when a president or head of state meets with the Pope, that he also then meets with the Secretary of State and the Secretary for Relations with States, in other words, the Vatican's Prime Minister and Foreign Minister. Uh, so th this is par for the course, it's normal. But uh, certainly in terms of mediation, that the Vatican would be very willing to exercise its good offices in any way possible to try to lower the tensions in the Middle East. Uh, the, the problem is that you cannot mediate if the two sides do not want you. It's not a question of goodwill on the Holy See's point of view or on the Pope's side. It's a question of what is possible and whether the two sides, Iran, Iraq, United States, etc., would want the Holy See's intervention. All right, Jerry, you and I are both uh, following the updates between the U.S., Iraq, and Iran uh, very closely, and obviously how the Holy See is uh, may be part of that, may not be part of that as well. Um, so we will keep our listeners updated on that here on Inside the Vatican, and our readers can find your full reporting on the President Silly's meeting with Pope Francis at americamagazine.org, and I'll link to that in the show notes. <laughs> For our last story, on Sunday, Pope Francis appointed a new personal secretary, the 40-year-old Uruguayan priest, Gonzalo Emilius, uh, who is popularly known as Padre Gonzalo. Jerry, you and I have been talking recently on Inside the Vatican about Pope Benedict's personal secretary, uh, Bishop Gainswine, and how he's sort of been a gatekeeper to Benedict. And, you know, now that role is being called into question as Benedict grows more frail. I'm wondering, is Padre Gonzalo going to be in a similar, similar role with Pope Francis? Absolutely not. Pope Francis, right from the beginning, uh, when he was elected Pope on March 13, 2013, the next day he called Father Fabian Pedacchio, a priest from Buenos Aires Diocese whom he had sent to work at the request of the Roman Curia, whom he had sent to work in the Roman Curia and the Congregation of Bishops. He said to him, I want you to be my secretary. He told him, look, you are to have low profile." You are to be behind the screens, not in front. And he made very clear that he wanted someone who did the job but was not a protagonist. He wanted someone 
who would not be the gatekeeper. Francis, remember, uh, had watched as archbishop, and even before that as bishop, he had watched how uh, Stanislaus Jivic, mm-hmm. John Paul II's secretary, had worked. He'd watched how uh, Georg Ganschwein, Benedict XVI's secretary, had worked. He, and he saw that both of them had really exercised enormous power. And they, they were really gatekeepers. They controlled. Francis did not want this. And they were also kind of protagonists. They were kind of visible figures, uh, even giving interviews and dealing with journalists, etc. Francis did not want this. So he's prevented that from happening in a couple of ways, right? He, he um, wanted people to be sort of serving shorter terms rather than sticking around for a very long time. Uh, and also, I saw that his former secretary continued to work part-time in the Congregation for Bishops, um, which is now what he's going to do full-time. Um, but I guess by making it a part-time job, he's also trying to make sure that people are not uh, protagonists, as you're saying, right? Well, l- let us explain very quickly for our listeners. When he was elected, the Vatican gave him a secretary, the number two secretary to Benedict, because Benedict had two secretaries. So that was a Maltese priest, Alfred Schwareb, who is now in uh, Nuncio in South Korea and Mongolia. Uh, Francis, however, chose his own Argentinian secretary, this Father Fabian Pedacchio. Father Pedacchio served for seven years with great loyalty, with great discretion, never, never giving interviews to the press, never coming out front. But Francis always believed that these roles are temporary services. You're not there for the life of the Pope. And so he decided early last year, really, I think about the summer, but it was announced in December, that Father Pedacchio would return to his former job full-time. He'd kept it as part-time in the Congregation of Bishops. Now he's back there full-time. And so he brought in a new secretary, and everybody was trying to guess who it would be. And then he brought in this Padre Gonzalez. Right. So tell me about who this guy is. Um, What do we know about him? Father Gonzalez was uh, born into a middle-class family in Montevideo in Uruguay, this right next to Argentina. His parents were not believers. In fact, the vast majority of Uruguayan people are, are not believers. And his grandmother was Jewish. He went to middle school, high school, and then he met these priests who were working with street children, uh, some of whom were being pushed to drugs, and the priests really res- were rescuing these children, and he, he was very impressed by this. And so he uh, decided to become a uh, believer, and then he went on for the priesthood himself. And then in 2006, Cardinal Bergoglio was Archbishop of Buenos Aires. He had his own priests working in the shanty towns, in the slums, also combating drugs and bringing young people off the streets. So that they met. And after that, Father Gonzalez said Cardinal Bergoglio had a major impact on his life. He said, I looked like to him like a beacon that was a shining beacon in my life. And the two connected in a very big way. Now, we knew nothing about this until March the 17th, 2013, when 
the new Pope, Francis, went to the Church of St. Anna. That's just on the entrance inside the, the wall to the Vatican. It's the parish church of the Vatican. And Francis did something the previous popes hadn't done. He decided he'd say a Mass for the parishioners of the Vatican. These were lay people who would be working in the Vatican, etc. And I happened, my wife, we happened to be invited by him to attend the Mass. I remember very well, he came in with this Father Gonzalo. He brought him up to the front, and then he started the Mass. And at the end of the Mass, he turned around, he said to the people, well, we've got here a priest I'd like to introduce you to, who's done great work with street children and with people being pushed into drugs, taking them off the streets, educating them, helping them to uh, start a life, and also bringing them to Jesus. And uh, the, the Pope said, come up here, and he brought him up in front of us, and he said, now I want you to pray for this man. And then he, at the end, he said, but I really don't know why he's here. Yeah, they, they hadn't planned on celebrating this Mass together, right? When Cardinal Bergoglio left for the conclave, Padre Gonzalo said, if he becomes Pope, I want to go there. And But nobody expected him to be Pope. And then he became Pope, and so his parents said, we give you a ticket, you go. And so he turned up at the gate outside the church, and where many, many people were gathered, excited by this new Pope who decided to say Mass in the parish church. And from the midst of the crowd, when the Pope came near, he said, Jorge, soy Gonzalo. Jorge was the Pope's first name. I'm Gonzalo. And Francis looked surprised and looked and found him, and he said, come in and brought him into the church. It was a great moment. He just pulled him out of the crowd and, and said, come on up here. <laughs> and now he's pulled him out of the hat again and surprised everybody in the Vatican. Nobody knew this was coming. He brought him in as his personal secretary. It sounds like he's chosen him because they're, you know, on the same page about many things. Whereas I think in the past, like, popes have chosen secretaries for different reasons, right? Yes, popes have chosen secretaries by and large because they're uh, experts in canon law, or they're, they've been with them a long time as secretaries. Stanislaus Jivic was John Paul II's secretary before he became pope. Uh, uh, Georg Ganschwein was uh, Benedict's secretary when he was in the Congregation for the Doctrines of the Faith as the prefect. Francis came with nobody. He had a small bag when he was elected Pope, he didn't, and he didn't have anybody with him. Uh, Father Fabian accompanied him to the conclave, but he, he was not, not his secretary at that point. I, I think it's very significant that Francis has now two secretaries, Father Gonzalo and Father Ioannis, the Egyptian Copt. But the news here in Rome is that Ioannis was also part of the Secretaries of State's Arabic section, will also leave the job, and a, and a second secretary will come in the not-too-distant future. Francis wants rotation. He doesn't want people to sit in positions and never leave them. I think this is a real refreshing thing, because it's good for the people, it's good for the Pope, it's, and the I have been surprised by the number of cardinals and bishops in the Vatican who said to me, this is heartwarming. This is how it should be. Hmm. You probably don't hear that a lot, do you? No. All right, Jerry, that seems like a good place for us to leave that story. If our readers want to find out more about Padre Gonzalo, they can read your story, which I will link to in the show notes. 
Um, real quick, before we go, if you've just joined us on Inside the Vatican, I know we have a few new listeners in the last month or so, um, please leave us a review if you've learned something, if you're enjoying the show. It really helps us get the word out. Jerry, one last thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you next week, but uh, real quick, what is on the horizon for this week? Well, the big thing that everybody is watching is the visit of the new president of Argentina to Pope Francis. President Alberto Fernandez will come here on Friday. He will visit the Pope on Friday. And many people are expecting him to, of course, invite Francis to visit Argentina. But many people are also expecting that Francis, perhaps not immediately, but in the near future, will say, yes, I, it's time I went to visit my own people. Yeah, that would be a really significant trip uh, and one that we would definitely keep our eyes on. Okay, Jerry, looking forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Look forward to it. Inside the Vatican is produced by America Media at our William J. Loeshirt studio in New York City. This week's episode was produced by Tucker Redding. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. Our audio engineer is Isabel Senechal. Our studio manager is J.R. Kronheim. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org or follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next week.